It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, Gronk here, calling a 30-second hair huddle. When it comes to tackling hair loss, Hims has you covered. From clinically proven regrowth treatments to thickening shampoo and conditioner. Just go to 4 for a free consultation. Then a licensed medical provider can help you with your game plan. If prescribed, Hims ships directly to your door. Get your hair back in the game with Hims. Try today and get a 90-day money-back guarantee at 4 Just go to 4 slash NFL. That's 4 slash NFL. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can find all of our podcast content on our Facebook page, and you can always, always, always hit us up at the Locked On Packers fan hotline at 920-341-341. 3775, and we're going to have a lot of input on today's show from that Locked On Packers fan hotline. No expert Tuesday today. I wanted to dig in a little bit more to some of the questions that you guys have and the things that you're wondering about because Sunday was, I think, in a lot of ways, a little bit of a bewildering performance from the Packers, and it has been somewhat indicative of what we've seen from this team really over the last few years. And if you go back to 2015, and and aside from that run-the-table stretch, this team has been pretty thoroughly mediocre. Aaron Rodgers or no? I mean, you remember some of the games that they won in 2017 early in the year required late-game heroics. Obviously, the Week 1 game required some late-game heroics. Aaron Rodgers had to do some crazy stuff against the Bears, had to do some crazy stuff against the Bengals to open 2017, had to win the game to Devontae Adams on the road against the Cowboys at the end of the season or at the end of the game against the Cowboys team that turns out isn't that good. So I think all of this raises some important questions about the direction of this team and and the status of this team and the future of this team. And there have, there have been a couple different places that have pointed out Aaron Rodgers has not played up to his standard. And I have, I have gone back to this, this section from a quote in a story that, that ran on The Ringer. And it was, it was written by Robert Mays, who is, despite being a, a longtime Bears fan, one of the biggest Aaron Rodgers supporters out there. And it really is remarkable. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to read this little bit to you. He says, and this is, this is almost a month ago now. At this point, we expect Rodgers to be a cure-all, a real-life superhero who masks the Packers' other woes. But it's becoming easier to see the extent to which Green Bay's scheme caps his otherworldly ceiling with each passing season. As the Rams and Chiefs divide systems to rain down fire on opposing defenses, 
the Packers keep trudging through the schematic muck under head coach Mike McCarthy. Rodgers is still Rodgers, albeit a hampered version as he deals with a lingering knee injury. But this could really be the year that the Packers' inability to keep pace with the rest of the NFL bars them from the playoffs, even with Rodgers on the field for all 16 games. And whether or not Green Bay is able to make the playoffs at this point is not relevant. And and there is something I said on the show on Monday. What more do you need to see? What more could this team show you to make you believe they've turned the corner? And, and how long do they have to sustain it for that to be something that, that really sticks with you, that really makes you believe that Mike McCarthy has gotten through to this team and that they are playing at a level commensurate with their talent. And it is true that Aaron Rodgers has not been the same guy this year. And part of that is because physically he has quite literally not been the same guy. But Bob McGinn wrote about it. Zach Cruz, who's been on this podcast a couple times, it mentioned it on Twitter. It has been out there as as we've had some more time to go back and watch this game and, and reflect on the season as a whole. Aaron Rodgers has not played up to his abilities this year. Just missing throws, not playing with, with the same sort of swaggering confidence that he normally does. And part of that is most certainly the, the physical ailments that he's dealing with and and Mike McCarthy went out of his way to say that those are significant they are but he didn't play with the knee brace on Sunday and didn't look to be himself and yet there were some some plays that we expect him to make that he didn't some throws that were so off target as to as to be wondering if he if he was hurt and Chris Collinsworth openly speculated on the telecast that his arm might be hurt not his knee because he was missing throws that we expect him to make under through a number of throws. Aaron Rodgers doesn't doesn't do that. And and so it there is a lot of unfortunate and eerie similarities to 2015. And I wrote about this for Acme Packing Company at the beginning of the season. If 2018 ends like 2015 and it's a wild card or a divisional round loss, that that is just the end of the road. And unfortunately for Mike McCarthy, we have even more evidence since 2015. That 2015 season was, remember, coming off an NFC Championship game in which Murphy's Law rained down on the Packers. And if Brandon Bostic catches an onside kick, the Packers go to the Super Bowl. So one wonky season was not going to end Mike McCarthy's tenure with the Green Bay Packers. But There have been multiple seasons since then. 2016 was half a season of mediocrity and and really sub-mediocrity. 2015 was ugly, despite the the record. And then we saw Mike McCarthy's inability to adapt and evolve and grow. And these are all words I've used a hundred times. I've used them ad nauseum and nothing has changed. And now Green Bay is dealing with a gaggle of injuries coming out of this game. Geronimo Allison is going to be out four to six weeks, according to reports, because of a core injury that requires surgery. And it, it, we're going to know in the next day or two with some of these injuries that came out of the Patriots game. It sounds like Brian Bulaga is going to be back, which is important. 
we, we don't quite know what the situation is with some of the other players that, that were beaten up. Luckily, the Packers have some depth at corner with, with Kevin King dealing with his injury and, and Tremont Williams moved to safety. The Packers did add Ibrahim Campbell, uh, an ultra-athletic but, but raw safety they released Drew Kayser, and that was a that was a weird situation. I know a lot of Packer fans. There were some red flags when the Packers signed a punter, and it turned out that the reason was that J.K. Scott, the Packers punter who they drafted just this offseason, was expecting the birth of his first child. So um, that is a classy move by the organization uh, to put them in that position and and be ready if he can't punt and and not have to worry about anything. This was not. There were I think some questions about. Oh, are they bringing in competition? What's the situation here? Not the, not the issue. But the injuries are not important right now, and and they and not to this discussion because this discussion is about a big picture issue with this team not doing what it needs to do to win not consistently playing the way it needs to do when you have an all-world quarterback, and that includes that all-world quarterback, not playing the way that he needs to play. And so I don't know that half a season is enough. I wonder if the die has been cast. Unless this team makes some sort of miraculous run to the Super Bowl, which I just don't see. Now, I didn't see it in 2016 either, and they went to the NFC Championship game, but I don't see it for this team, and the talent is there. So, I mean, I'm I'm wondering if the fact that Mike McCarthy's name is already coming up around the league with, with this Cleveland Browns situation, with a, a number of attractive coaching candidates out there, Green Bay might have missed on their chance when they didn't let Mike McCarthy go after run the table to get a coach like Kyle Shanahan, to get a coach like Sean McVay. Well, if guys like Josh McDaniels and John DeFilippo are going to be out there and available, Green Bay is very well may want to be in position to get those coaches to take this team to the next level because it's hard to imagine and they they don't have to they might only have to win 9 games. I mean, that's only 6 more wins for them through the rest of the season. They can take you can be 9-6 and 1. And that might be enough in this division where 9 and 7 could win the division. Now they probably have to get to 10. That would be 10-5 and 1, which would mean just one more loss over the course of the rest of the season. That's a tall task. It's not an impossible one. And especially if it's against if they can get wins at Minnesota and at Chicago, that would put them in great position to to make it a 9-6-1 or a 10-5-1 NFC North winner. And before we get to your questions, I want to tell you about one of today's sponsors, Vivid Seats. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all the live events you want to go to. You can sort by price or look for seats in the section and row of your choice. To make things even better, Vivid Seats is giving listeners of Locked On Packers an exclusive promo code for new customers to receive $20 off orders of $200 or more to save you even more money. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Use promo code Locked On for $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. 
So from the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater and more, Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app and enter promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help you get to your favorite live event. David Harrison here, the Locked on Washington football team podcast, celebrating with you a 21 grain salute to a less boring sandwich. Thanks to Dave's killer bread. I don't know about you guys, but when I eat pizza, I eat it for the toppings, not the crust. And when I eat a sandwich, it's for what's inside the bread, not for the bread. But when I throw a sandwich on 21 whole grains and seeds, thin sliced bread from Dave's Killer Bread, it is the epitome of addition by subtraction. That thin sliced bread lets me focus on what's inside the sandwich, but also adds to the sandwich with killer taste, killer texture, killer nutrition, a subtle sweetness, and a seed coated crust. Dave's Killer Bread is America's number one organic bread bread for a reason it tastes so stinking good dave's killer bread is made with the highest quality organic and non-gmo ingredients and is power packed with whole grains fiber and protein visit daveskillerbread.com to learn more and look for dave's killer bread in the bread aisle of your local grocery store so i wanted to get to some of the questions that you had obviously i i, I am most inundated with your questions during and following the game and the, and the Monday after. So I am, I am flush with new content to, to provide to all of you. And it is one of the more fun things that I get to do in this job is I'm, I'm constantly getting these texts and calls. And, and sometimes people think of things that I had forgotten about or I hadn't considered or I hadn't thought about in that way. And this is a good example of that. This is not a, a topic that I had been really spending a lot of time thinking about, but is, I think, important to think about. Hey, Peter, what's going on? This is Molly from Savannah, Georgia. Longtime listener, big fan of your work. Uh, so, hey, back in the preseason, we talked a lot about all the great things that Mercedes Lewis's six foot six, 250-pound Goliath stature could do for this offense. But we really haven't seen much of him. He only has a few targets on the season, which at first weirded me out, but then I got to thinking about how we're probably just using him as another offensive lineman, right? Especially given the need to increase protection on Rodgers due to his knee. And you know that our rookie wide ring or our rookie wide receivers have seriously stepped up. Um, but then I realized he's only taken about 18% of the snaps this year. Um, so what's the deal? Is it a discipline issue with him? Is he not as great of a natural fit into the offense? Does Rodgers not trust him? I mean, is he just not as good as we all hope? Uh, looking for your thoughts. Thanks, man. And as always, go Pat, go. As we look at the evidence with Mike McCarthy, I think this Mercedes Lewis thing has to also be in the column against him. Because Lance Kendricks is being used in a role that does not suit him. He is supposed to be a receiving tight end and has proven time and time again that he is not a good receiver. And yet Mike McCarthy is putting him on the field as a blocker. And you can say, okay, the scheme of this play is really good. It just needs to be executed better. Okay, cool. Except when you're putting the wrong players on the field, you're not giving yourself the best chance you can to execute it. When Mercedes Lewis has been on the field and given the opportunity to block guys, he's blocked them. And when he is given an opportunity in pass protection or run fits, he can do it. 
and he is a capable receiver. He can make catches and tough runs after contact. I don't understand why he's not on the field. There, are, there has never been any indication that he is a bad guy or a bad teammate, has a bad attitude, anything like that. They signed him. They signed him to play him. You, I mean, theoretically, and yet they aren't. It's just a very bizarre situation to me that they haven't been able to find a role for this guy, especially with some of the pass protection problems that they've had, especially with a supposed desire to run the ball more, which they didn't do. And I'm just waiting for them to say, well, let's let's give it a chance. This is a veteran player. Let's give him an opportunity to show us what he has. And I, I, I don't know if it's stubbornness or lack of imagination or what it is, but if this guy was on another team, let's let's the Patriots, let's take them out of this, but let's say the Eagles didn't have Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. They had Jimmy Graham and Mercedes Lewis. They would live in two tight end personnel and they would kill teams with it. And if you gave these two tight ends to Andy Reid, they would kill teams with it. And if you gave these two tight ends to Kyle Shanahan, they would kill teams with it. The Packers, and I I, I tweeted this out and I got some pushback for it. I, I said, when you look at the, the well-coached teams, and Michael Cohen, it was in response to a tweet of his and a piece that he wrote, you know, the Packers just weren't playing well. They are beating themselves, and that's true. But his point was, you know, don't worry about Sean McVay or Bill Bill Belichick. This team is beating itself as a way of saying, well, it's not so much that they're getting outcoached. The team is the problem, except that one of the reasons why the Rams and the Patriots don't get outcoached is because their players play well because they're coached well. And so you can't just a part of coaching is is scheme. But another part is execution and coaching is day-to-day, helping players get better, helping them play fundamentally sound. And when you have a scheme that makes life difficult for everyone, you're scratching and clawing for every little thing you have to get. You're fighting for extra yards because you're you're always having to deal with contact. You are having to make difficult catches in traffic or you're having to create too much after the catch because you're not running wide open in Green Bay. Whereas in LA or New England or Kansas City or Philadelphia or any one of 8, 10, 12 other cities and NFL franchises where the coaches have made life easier for their offense, they're less likely to have dumb penalties or less likely to have those dumb penalties come back to kill them because life is easier for them. And they're going to be in fewer positions where they could fumble because they're just not going to have to fight for so many yards because life is easier for them. That matters. That is a part of this. And Green Bay with Mike McCarthy have consistently not put their best players on the field. And that's a pretty big problem. This Mercedes Lewis situation is a prime example of that. All right, this is going to be on the flip side. I didn't want to spend the whole show complaining or criticizing the team. I don't think anyone wants to listen to that. Even even the darkest and most cynical fans don't want to spend 24, 25, 26 minutes just banging their head against the wall. Hi, Peter. It's Austin from Toronto, Ontario. Uh, 
just kind of wanted to know what your opinion was on uh, the play of Jair Alexander despite this uh, horrible loss. I think uh, he played a great game and he's shown that he's going to be a top corner in the NFL one day. Uh, so, yeah, what are your thoughts on that? Thanks, and uh, I'll stay locked on. Shout out to all our Canadian listeners out there. We appreciate you. Uh, Jair Alexander is a star. And for whatever we we are experiencing with this Packers season, it's pretty clear that in the offseason, Brian Gutekinds hit on Jair Alexander. Josh Jackson made some really good plays in this game. Had a great play at the goal line against the Tom Brady rollout. Read the, read the play perfectly. Got in the passing lane. Closed it down. And got the pass defensed. Patriots went after Oren Burks a little bit, but... There's still a lot of upside there. He's remember he's still learning to play linebacker, and the fact that he's in there now is really just speaks to the lack of options Green Bay has. But this draft class, just with those two guys, would have been enough. But then you add Marquez Valdez Scantling, who is making big plays every game now, and Equinemius St. Brown, and we haven't even seen Jamon Moore on the field. You've got your long snapper punter battery out there. Brian Gutekunst aggressively remade this roster, adding impact talent. And to do that in one offseason in the way he did is pretty remarkable. And one of the things that I mentioned was the trade deadline. Green Bay, they were considered sellers. And they did. I mean, they sold Hawk Clinton Dix. He had seven tackles. Good for him. They were not impact plays. Go watch that game if you haven't watched it. Ha, Clinton Dix does not make that Washington defense, did not at least on Sunday make that Washington defense better. But the Packers signed Rashad Breland. He started for them. Did he play great? No. But Josh Gordon is good. Tom Brady is good. Tom Brady also didn't play great on Sunday, by the way. Neither quarterback did, really. It was not a it was not a quarterback clinic. It was mostly a um a, a slog. It was a real slog. For both teams on Sunday, considering, you know, the Patriots are having to run trick plays to move the ball consistently. But to have the kind of versatility that that these two corners bring and these receivers bring, that that is that is really important for this team moving forward as they build a foundation. These are critical reps for those guys, these big games that they're in. And Jair Alexander has proven time, time and time again he is not too small for the moment he's not too small physically he plays much bigger than he is but he rises to these opportunities he loves to play in these big games he loves to be in the spotlight and he he is setting the tone right now I love the leadership on this team Devontae Adams has been has shown some leadership I think Oren Burks despite the fact that he has not been an impact player yet is just a really high quality person and has a chance to be a leader on this team the secondary seems to genuinely love playing together. Tremont Williams, obviously a leader. I think we could see more opportunities for Josh Jones, who did some nice things in this game. His speed shows up all the time. I've been saying this all year. Just put him out there. He can't be worse than what Green Bay had. And really, they proved that because the combination of Tremont Williams and mostly Josh Jones on Sunday played better than Ha, Clinton Dix, and Kentrell Bryce had in a lot of the games that Green Bay has played, even with the missed tackle on the Josh Gordon touchdown. 
Hey, listen up, FanDuel Fantasy players. Your day is about to get 20% better. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Lockdown Fantasy Football here on the Lockdown Network, and I have an offer for you. Start playing fantasy this football season, and FanDuel will give you a 20% bonus on your first deposit. That's up to $500. That's a big-time bonus, and all you need to do to claim it is to make your first deposit on FanDuel. I love the fantasy contests they have on FanDuel. So many different ways to play, cash games, tournaments. I like to challenge myself there Take my fantasy football knowledge to the next level. Many different types of game formats you can pick from. Main slate, single game, best ball, snake draft. And you can even play private contests with your friends. There's an awesome slate of games on hand every single week. You can get the players that you don't have in your redraft leagues into your lineup. Try to get that big time return on investment. Every week is a new chance for you to win big at FanDuel and that's what I love about it. Experience season-long wins without the season-long wait. Sign up today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your bonus and start playing today. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Agent location restrictions apply. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires after 30 days. This episode is brought to you by Shell. College football is best enjoyed at home. You know, the home that has no rooms because it's a stadium of 70,000 screaming fans. But wherever you are, ESPN and Shell can take your fandom further with savings up to 15 cents per gallon for Fuel Rewards members at Shell. Welcome home, football fans. Terms and conditions apply. See FuelRewards.com slash FuelYourFandom for details. Shell is an official sponsor of ESPN College Football. ESPN, the ESPN logo, and ESPN College Football are registered trademarks of ESPN Incorporated. All right, I want to play one more voicemail to close out the show. Hi, Peter. This is uh, Thomas from Independence, Kentucky. And I just want to kind of let everybody know to just kind of calm down. Um, It may look like the season's over. Don't think it is. I think this is good perspective from Thomas. Because even if this is not a Super Bowl contending team... And and I will not concede that talent wise, it's not that, because yeah, I think talent wise it is. They haven't played up to their abilities, and they haven't played like a Super Bowl team. But that 2010 team, and I said this before, and I'll say it again. That 2010 team didn't look like a Super Bowl team for long stretches of that season. Now they also blew some teams out. And they did look like a really good team for parts of it. And we haven't really seen that version of the Packers so far this season. They they blew out a Bills team in one of the more uh, unimpressive 20-plus point shutout wins that, that you can have because Green Bay probably should have won that game 40 to nothing. But when you look around the NFC North, I don't think the Bears are that scary. They, they don't get to play Nathan Peterman every week. The Vikings, for getting a million sacks against a, a Lions team that that may be packing it in, did not look particularly impressive offensively without Stephon Diggs. Needed a defensive touchdown to make that game not close even after the Lions traded Golden Tate. So, I, I mean, the, the division is still very much in play. And as I said last week, Green Bay knows if they play well, they can hang with a team like the Rams. And if they play well, they can hang with a team like the Saints. You just have to win a couple games. And as we move down the stretch here, there's important evaluations taking place for for us as as observers of this team, as fans of the team, as as media people who cover the team. I mean, everyone has responsibilities here. 
And these players have a responsibility because if they're not going to be here next year, they're going to be somewhere else. They're fighting for jobs. Green Bay is fighting to determine who's going to be where and what are their roles going to be. And, and th- that, those battles are taking place no matter what. Those evaluations are taking place no matter what. They're taking place even if the Packers were and are a Super Bowl contender, if that happens. So the season is by no means over. Win this week, you're 4-4-1. Four, four and one. And, and somehow still right in the race in the NFC North. I mean, the Vikings are on a bye, so Green Bay can't catch Minnesota outright. But they could be just a game back of first place with a win over Miami. And they should beat Miami. I mean, obviously, if they lose to Miami, it's, it's going to reveal some, some much more troubling things about this team. And we'll know for sure they're not really have any chance to be uh, even maybe even a good team, unfortunately. That's the reality of the situation we're dealing with. But those things can change. Devontae Adams said, all we need is one good game, one great game to get going. Maybe that game is this week. It is at Lambeau. It's a late game on CBS. Uh, it should be cold. And Green Bay should should win it convincingly. We'll see if they can do that. All right, we're going to have crossover Wednesday tomorrow. Get to the scouting report on an unfamiliar opponent on Thursday, and then we'll deal with the injuries and all those things on Friday. More information as we get it in terms of the the injury situation over the course of the week, who's practicing on Wednesday, who's practicing on Thursday, what that means for the game on Sunday, and, and what we should be expecting this week for the Packers against the Miami Dolphins. Remember, you can subscribe to the show on iTunes and leave a review because that really helps us get the word out it helps people see us and helps us the visibility of our show and this was the number one nfl show on the lockdown podcast network last week because of you and because of efforts like liking the show on facebook subscribing leaving reviews and and telling your friends letting people know that you're listening and you like the show even in a week where the packers lost we were the top show on the network so that is a testament to you keep telling your friends about it. I hope everyone went out and voted today. If you're listening to this and you went, oh crap, I need to go vote, go vote. Do your civic duty. And while you're at it, leave a review on iTunes. It's the same. It's kind of like voting. You're going to let your voice be heard and let people know how you feel about Locked on Packers. And if you ever want to let me know how you feel about Locked on Packers, you can do that on my Twitter feed at Peter underscore Bukowski with the podcast Twitter feed at Locked on Packers. And if you ever want to hit up, you want to be a voicemail caller, you want to be a part of the show, call us or text us at the Locked on Packers fan hotline, 920-341-3775, and let me know how you are staying Locked on Packers. <laughs>